The podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 190. It is Brando. Nearly slowly approaching 200 episodes of this Guns N' Roses themed bar mitzvah party of a broadcast where we look at life through Guns N' Roses colored glasses. Uh, anything that fits under and connects through our six degrees of GNR bacon, that's what we discuss on the show. Nearly 200 episodes, and I, I think it's been close to 10 that we've done in, in quarantine. Feel, feel my quarantine. Yeah, uh, started uh, episode 180. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do in quarantine in my apartment. Am I gonna? How am I going to continue to broadcast? But now it's been 10 episodes. Uh, we have all been hunkered down together, and I appreciate those of you who've Especially the last few episodes, all the participation, whether it be the questions for Andy Morahan on the uh, the Kathy Valentine episode, we did another fan obsession with Dr. Talbot, who sometimes, usually Halloween, dresses up as Axl Rose to treat her patients. And uh, last episode, David Coverdale making his return appearance. And speaking of, so today we have another repeat guest. You may remember him from one of the episodes we did with Alex Grassi, and that would be Mark Alexander Erber, the CEO and founder of Golden Robot Records. And by the way, when uh, Mark, when I posted that you were coming on, Alex commented on it, and he said, hey. Nice. How often do you guys talk? Do you play uh, like Pokemon Go together? you text all the time? <laughs> yeah, well, on my, on my desk, I've got a red phone. And it's got a picture of Alex on it. He just calls me constantly. Like, literally, my wife hears the phone go and she says, is that Alex again? <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's a good guy. We, in fact, he sent me this morning. We've been commuting. We, we speak, you know, once a week, every, every whatever, whatever. The, the one thing about us is we've got 260, 270 bands. I don't care if it's LA Guns, Hookers and Blow or the local punk band in Sydney. They are accessible to all of us. So whoever wants to call and speak, I love it. I love what I do. So, you know, Alex sent me. So we just released for them um, a single a couple of months back um, uh, for Hookers and Blow. And it's it's gone absolutely gangbusters. Um, Eddie Money's Shaken. Yeah, Eddie Money's, Eddie Money's song. They just sent me the new song this morning, the new cover this morning, um, and... I don't want to blow it, but you know what? Let's give you an exclusive, right? Okay. Let's give you an exclusive, right? It's a David Bowie cover. Okay. And it's unbelievable. I, I honestly sent him um, a text this morning. Oh, sorry, an email this morning when he was emailing back, and and I'm looking at it now, and I, and I said to him, no word of a lie, I said to him, this is fat. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that word in a while. 
place. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, they just spent so much time in the studio, him and Dizzy and the rest of the boys, and they're just such craftsmen with their music. He's really – and I've heard about six or seven or eight tracks, and this one is this this Bowie cover, and I'm giving you an exclusive. I'm not, I'm not telling you which one. Okay. Um, I'm not going to mention that it's Ziggy Stardust at all. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow, okay. There you go. There's your exclusive. Right. Now I might get plenty of emails from Dizzy and Alex wanting to kill me, but you know what? No, nah, they're good boys. I'm sure they'll be happy that we've given you the exclusive. So that's coming out um, shortly. It's an incredible cover, um, and uh, everyone's going to be blown away. And they're just building this incredible fan base outside of Los Angeles and um, Las Vegas. It's really awesome. I'm really happy for them. Me too, and it's glad it's good to see. And we're going to talk about this once we get you know past like the the pleasantries part of it. We're going to talk about the music industry and uh, how it's being affected. So it's great to see the hookers and blow, uh, Alex Grassi and Dizzy Reed, who you know thanks you know they've been on the show. They gave me the exclusive for Eddie Money uh, about yeah. the, you know the, the play a part of it before they they released it. That there is still stuff being done, but we we want to bring in uh, somebody else on this on this conversation, uh, Karen. Hey, Karen, where are you uh, calling from? Uh, where are you today? Because obviously Mark's in Australia. Where are you? Who's Karen? Or, what, 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 am I getting Kristen. Kristen. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Kristen. Kristen Tully. I was like, Karen? I don't know. Karen. Where's Karen? <laughs> I apologize. Typical man for getting a, 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 a I woman's name. I didn't even answer. I was like writing notes. Oh, my God. Hey, Kristen. I'm sorry. Over, it's okay. No worries. I am over in L.A. Um, I am on the west coast over here um and what's your your title artist development manager over here so i'm kind of like the artist liaison for everybody and, cool. and she, she's great she's worked with everyone from you know uh, working still with billy idol in chicago and a whole lot of bands says so christian's right up there and very very well versed and how long have you guys yeah. been working together oh uh, years now i <laughs> know uh, probably we actually met um uh, one of our bands supported Billy Idol um, much earlier on in the year when bands could tour, and Billy toured Australia, and I've got a good relationship, as you know, with Steve Stevens. Um, we've been trying to do something together uh, for ages. Sure, he's been and, on the show um, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's um he's been on the yeah he's fan. I just love Steve and Josie. are the best. Oh, they're just. You know, for, for, for if you want to look at the epitome of a rock star, oh, yeah. right, it's Steve Stevens. He lives and breathes everything to do with rock and roll, that guy. Yeah. I'm telling you, I reckon he wakes up in the morning with a pair of dark sunglasses on, <laughs> right, and his hair perfect. I am so jealous of his hair. He's a guy, too. Like, there's no ego, none. Such and it's a like- good guy. Such a good guy, so talented, but like just all he cares about is music. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure he has some great stories. I'm yeah. sure you've heard. You know what it is, Brandon. You know you get to this position, and you know I'm really happy with where the label is and what we're doing in the world, and I and I'll we'll talk about that shortly. But you only want to surround yourself by good people, and if you mm-hmm. were just dealing with guys like Steve Stevens and Alex Grossi and Dizzy Reed for the next ten years, it would be a good day every day. Mm. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, I guess that that's part of it. The the just the the challenge of of a label is the amount of people that you have to to manage, and they all you wish that they all were great. Obviously, great. You people. know what it is. You know what it is. It's expectations. It's managing expectations. Yeah. We deal with some bands that they understand the business, and if they don't, 
they trust what we're doing. And then you've got other bands that think they know better and they don't trust the process. So they get they start inventing rules for themselves and that's a disaster. And I can tell you now, we're fortunately in the position where if it's not working, we'll just cut it loose because it's that hard anyway, even with a band that's on board and wants to promote and wants to do this and understands the process, it's still hard in this business to get runs on the board, let alone a band that doesn't understand and then sends you 50 fucking thousand emails that are just long and winding and ridiculous and they're living in 1972 when um, David <laughs> Geffen ran everything. You know, it's just... it's, well, it's that's part of the problem. It's people have people who especially have never been signed to a label or never done this before... Have an expectation of oh you know the rock and roll man and you know what party and drug it doesn't exist there's not the record company and the whole music industry is completely different a different, whole different yeah. model yeah. so come in with expectations of like we need this we want that it doesn't work that way anymore it's a team and everybody especially with us everybody we take on we work very closely with very close there's no like egos and we no one we don't need the ego and Mark is personally spending time and investing in every band so. There's no need to take on anyone who's ungrateful for that. So let, let me ask you, you Kristen, because in a day, because you have your again your own expectations and just being a professional in this business for for many years and learning through experience, none of us have experienced what we're going through right now. You know, oh, I was telling yeah. you off the air. I'm usually you know in in New York City uh, doing this out of a studio at iHeartRadio. Now I'm in my yeah. apartment in Queens. You know, having uh, the microphone leaned up against uh, some cat treats in my South Park PJs. So it's like I, I, I have to manage my expectations of what this podcast is. How yeah, are you? Ma- <laughs> I have South Park uh, pajama pants. You do? Yeah. Well, Don't I'm, judge I'm me. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm living with a girl, so got me that far. <laughs> so how do you – uh, how are you? I guess how are you? Um, you you doing right now? How are you handling? Because I'm sure you're you're hurting right now, like everybody else is, and every uh, other. Industry. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that I had met Mark before this and kind of started talking, and I have something that gives me every you know to wake up to every day and go and sit down and be organized and have work to do. But even just like um, mental capacity of, and I'm sure for a lot of the artists I work for, just like not being able to go out and connect with fans and connect with people like we're used to doing every day on the road it's a mental mind fuck and it's kind of a weird situation to be stuck, especially, you know, a lot of these guys are used to going out and doing and creating. And even if it does give you time to create and do things that you might not be able to do on the road, but you can't go to a studio. You can't sit around with other musicians. Right. Like they're trying to find new ways to adapt to this and kind of, it. that's the challenge, just adapting to the way we interact and the way we can live life somewhat normally and keep some consistency to it without going nuts <laughs> what are some of the ways that you've met because i guess the most obvious one that seems to be you'd think that the uh, the zoom was just invented you'd think just people doing yeah. stuff from home was just invented been doing, i've been doing i've been doing we were originally doing skype yeah. and which were which would drop out and we've been doing zooms for i think look i tell you the best thing about zoom i've been doing zoom I, since it started one of our um old PAs found it for me last year and it was in its very early stage and I have to say they've, they've, they've done some things up it's fantastic um you know you can invite people in and there's you know I, I have it up on um speaker view so I can see 
everyone at the same time. And people don't know that. So you see, sometimes we've got six to eight to 12 people on it and they don't think the camera's on them because it comes on when they're talking and they're yawning and scratching their ass. And, 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 and we've got this new thing that we're all going to come to the Zooms with no shirts on, <laughs> men only. And then, uh, oh, well, that's not fair. Okay, well, that's up to you. Um, you can wear, wear a swim costume um, just to, to do something different. But I can tell you something, Brandon, having an international company, which we do, and we're dealing with all parts of Europe, all parts of America, Japan, Australia, um, India, China, South America, etc. we're on Zooms all the time. And I'm, I'm looking at you like you're next door. It's that clear and that good. Um, I should get some stock in Zoom. But it's... it's <laughs> He's become a he's become a billionaire. That guy, yeah, this guy's yeah. loving life. No, he's he's killing it. So Zooms are, uh, yeah, are just a natural course to, for. I mean, I'm in LA. You know, I like to spend half the year in Los Angeles and half the year in Australia. But at the moment, where it's impossible, uh, this is this is absolutely fine. And I think it, it is. I think once this is done, this. I mean, you guys are in a lot worse a position than we are in Australia. Hmm. And and you know without getting political and there's just no way I'm going down that road. Um, it's fine. No, I know, but I, I just don't want to. Um, uh, of course, uh, no, it's not fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I think that you know, look, if you look at Australia, there's been a there's been not even a hundred deaths in the whole of Australia. Wow. Now one death is not good, obviously, and there's no. I don't want to see anybody die, but in putting it in perspective. Our whole country is shut down. There's millions of people out of work. Um, there's people losing everything, and we've lost uh, under 100 people. Compare that to the states. I don't know what your latest figures are, but I think it was six or seven thousand. I think you were at. Yeah, I think it might even be more now. It could be even more now, and you know, New York obviously is is the epicenter. I know it's flattening out, but the issue is, as we all have the issue, if we open up, and this is going to go into what we want to discuss anyway. But if we go in and open up too early, there's such a fine line and I think it's a hard decision because you want to get these businesses open. You want to get people back to going going to work and earning money. I mean, I used to be in the pub industry. I used to own 30 pubs. Mate, if I had the pubs now, I would be gone. Absolutely, depending on your level of debt, of course, but you'd be absolutely gone. Yeah. You go from earning dollars a week down to zero. So where we've sort of been quite unorthodox because I finance all this business. If, if we've been quite unorthodox with the way that we do things um, because I'm paying things myself um, from my family trust into the company, the issue is is that's actually benefiting us now because I'm in control. Where if it was um, the other way around and we were relying on income and relying on revenue, you would be in trouble. So we're, we're okay as far as a, rec a record label goes, but... You know, you've got to you've got to open up these these uh, businesses, and you've got to open up um, uh, people's livelihoods again. But at what cost? We're in Australia. We've only lost a, a lost a small number of people compared to the rest of the world. So we should be opening back up. But if you open up too quick, and it, and it starts again, then what do you do? And I think that's the issue. I I agree, and I guess that pertains to and specifically in your world, all the people that you employ. And every and, and who's on the label? So I'm sure you're you're itching to get back, but you're playing it smart. You're right. There could be a second wave of this, and until yeah. there's a vaccine, it's it's so yeah. hard. You've got to. I said a month ago, look, I'm going to hold advances and hold payments and hold things. But you know what? 
I've still been paying things because, you know, there's a small recording studio in London that needs that 440 pounds or there's a band that needs that two, three, four, five, ten grand um, US. They need it because they're not touring or the studio's closed or the mixing uh, or the producer hasn't got an income at the moment. So as much as I'm trying to protect us and make sure my guys are paid, which I'm doing weekly, um, you've, you've got to look after other people as well. So I think I've, I've got a bit of a balance going there and I'm comfortable with that. But I think America is is, is really got to be careful. Um, again, I'm not going to get into the political side of, of your commander-in-chief, but I think at the end of the day, you know, there's some really interesting decisions that have got to be made because you're not ready to open yet and there's some states that are opening up and, you know, what happens if they get it wrong and you've got to go back to the beginning again. I know, and, and that's frightening. And I'm, I've been listening. I listen to a lot of sports radio, and that's how they're talking about going to games. And of course, there's an overlap with just fans being there. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't. Is that something? You know, on that that subject, and and just again managing the expectations. So I'm sure you can't say even as well. And again, any death is terrible. As well as Australia is handling this. Uh, how do you manage the expectation for the artist? Is there something that you could, you know, are you saying we can now perform at home and, and, and give fans what they need? Or could you, could you even fathom bands performing if they're all tested on a stage, but cameras all set up, like it's this big production of a show? I mean, I think there's, there's been discussions of that. I mean, it hasn't really happened right now because things got worse, but I've, we did discuss that briefly. And I, I don't know if Mark would want to, go forward with that in the future. It was more like at the beginning of this, we thought about that kind okay. of an idea when we got bad, I think. We made a couple of decisions. The first decision was we would want to keep releasing. And I think that was really important. So we've been pushing, you know, we, we released LA Guns' new single this morning, uh, excuse me, yesterday, um, actually Tuesday, Tuesday uh, Mon Monday in Australia and yeah. Tuesday, the rest of the world. Um, yeah. We re-released LA Guns' new single, Crawl. And, you know, there's a lot of people that were, were a month ago saying, oh, let's hold, let's hold, let's hold. And we decided early, no, let's not hold, let's keep going with our digital product. And, and I think that that was important and I think that we're actually releasing more singles at the moment digitally. We're not going to release albums, we're going to keep dropping singles. Okay. So that was, the that was the first decision because if you're going to release an album you, you basically want the band out there touring okay. at the same. That, that, that is, you, you, I, I feel that the record industry is back where it was in the 50s, you're, you're, and, and in a good way, where you're, you're, the vinyl was your merch, your T-shirt was your merch, and you went out and made money touring. The digital side of things just gets to more people. We've got more chance to get to, to the kid in India, to the, 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 the housewife in Russia, to the, the family in Mexico where in the 50s they couldn't do that, in the 60s and the 70s they couldn't do that. So I actually feel that we're set up streaming-wise better than ever. So we decided to keep going with our streaming and pushing out lots and lots of singles. And um, if, if we had, like, Gilby Clark, we already dropped his single. We've now done a video that we yeah. did a premiere week. And then we've got, I know you had Gilby on the show, we've got a second single and then potentially a third single coming out before we'd even think about dropping the album. So we're extending the life of the albums okay. and the album cycle to get to uh, to get through this so the so the artists can go back out and 
and and and tour and and push the album on the road okay. and sell physical products. So that was the first decision and second decision that was made. So, and then we decided let's while we're releasing everything digitally and extending the life of the album, let's hold off the CD and vinyl sales um, or production, I should say, till at least the end of the year. Number one, most of the production companies and 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 um, uh, plants are closed anyway. So, and then when you do produce it, you can't ship it at the moment because everything's a nightmare shipping. So we decided to hold the physical product off till the end of the year. So what we're doing as a company is moving forward with singles, moving forward with albums and EPs, but staging things a little bit better. However, however, we will then have another bite at the cherry potentially later this year to early next year or mid next year with the physical product. So we've actually given, if you want to look at it in a positive way, and, mate, I'm the most positive person you'll ever find ever anywhere in the world. I could be standing there on a fucking milk crate with a with a, with a a noose around my neck and I'd wink at my wife and say, don't worry, the rope will snap. There's no problem. Right. I'm going to live. Yes. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm very, very positive. But I've got to say, if you, if you want to look at a silver lining here, I think we've extended the cycle of an album where we're just getting everything out digitally and then we're going to have a physical push whether it's a vinyl or a CD. And then, obviously, we've got the touring into, into twine. Now, mate, we're doing that with everybody. You'll be LA Guns. Um, I can name 20 artists, 30 artists that we're doing that with at the moment with singles and then digitally and then coming out with, with the vinyl, which will probably be around the time they will tour. But I don't think you're going to see any major tours in 2020, unfortunately. Okay. How are you handling artist engagement? Because uh, you know, meet and greets, fans, uh, bands make a lot of money off meet and greets and and just have, and, and outreach. How do you, how are you handling that now? I've, I've got to say, and you know, Kristen and I talk about this a lot. And we've got quite a we've got quite an interesting team. We've got a, a, a young and an old team. Um, you know, I'm I'm entrepreneurial, so I think I, I look at things very differently. But you know, Kristen with her experience, and then our guys in Sydney, um, other guys in New York, um, and in Europe, in Germany. We're all taught in UK. We're talking all the time about the way to approach different things. Now, obviously, it's taken off that people are doing things on the net. People are, are um, doing um, uh, concerts, solo performances, etc. Now, the problem is the fucking internet is, cannot handle the amount of stuff that's going on. So Kristen and I ourselves have watched, and we won't name the artists, quite a few artists lately. And i got to say, it's the artists are great, but the internet yeah. Tragic. You watch a song and then it freezes, and then by the time it comes back, they're into another song. Another right. song, yeah. I, we were trying to watch this band, and it was a great band. Sounded awesome. For the time you, the two seconds you could hear it, amazing. The rest of it, it's just frozen. Yeah, and it, like, and it was shame. I mean, I'll tell you, the band was Dirty Honey, and they're an incredible band yeah, um, yeah. with incredible management, incredible songs. And I was excited to see it, yeah, but the, the, the internet, not their fault, 100% not their fault, but the internet couldn't. Even Gilby did one the other day, and he yeah. was fabulous. He did it with his daughter Frankie from his home studio. Yeah. And um, his internet um, uh, was not good enough. Unfortunately, they can't tell, obviously. And right. Gilby's got a great story because, you know, I won't say where he lives, but he lives in an area where the internet... Um, only in his house. Yeah, the next door neighbors have great internet. Him, he's fucked. So he funny. goes. He go, I said to him, "Okay, the next one, let's do in the neighbors on the neighbors' <laughs> balcony." 
know, which, which which we laugh. But I, I think I think at the I think at the end of the day, there is a lot more interaction on the on the internet. I'm personally getting a little bit bored of it. I, you know, it's like fuck, not another concert. Um, yeah. And who are we raising money for this time? Right? And are they money? I mean, this was you know in Australia early on in um, in the year. It was these massive bushfires, which unfortunately everyone's uh, sort of moved on from. But there was a lot of um, country towns and, and, and regions and people that were devastated by what happened. What what happened? And you know they do these huge, huge concerts, raise millions and millions of dollars, and I just don't know where that money goes. You just hope it goes to the right people. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at the moment, I think this. Personally, I think it's a little bit oversaturation. I think there's too much going on online. So what do you do? I think a lot of our bands, and I've got to take my hat off to them, have really upped, and we help them as much as we can, of course, have really upped their level of communication and interaction with their fans. They've really taken on Facebook and, and Insta and and, and um, uh, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. They're really interacting a lot more. Yeah. Great. But I think there's a fine line between doing too much as well. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to... It's, you, everyone has access to every part of you and you're sitting there, you know, painting your toenails in front of the camera. It's a little too much, you know. It's That's when people lose interest. And that's I think we're getting to that point where it's just a little bit extra and it's a little bit oversaturated and we're all a little bit worn down by it. So it's like we need to get either creative or it's also a way to think of it. It's, it's leveling the playing field where everybody is now at the same level. Like there's no like giant concert to go be had. So huh. you got to... Be creative, find a way to get people to stay interested. Or, you know, we're all, all kind of starting from like the baby band, essentially. It's like you have to rebuild everything from the bottom up because everybody's in the same playing field. So it's an interesting, it's, it'll be interesting to see how everybody comes out of this and how, you know, people react to it because people are getting tired of it. So well, I, I think, think it'll definitely There's no doubt, no matter what happens in America, I mean, in the UK, they're talking about senior citizens shouldn't be allowed out of their house till September 21. Wow. God, you wow. lock them in. Like- but my issue is this, and this is where you got to get your head around it. Whether it's the music industry or it's any other industry, our lives have changed for yeah. at least the next three to five sure. years. Yeah. Because ultimately, you know, are you going to shake somebody's hand? Are you going to not carry around a hand sanitizer? Are yeah. you going to look at someone when they cough in public? You know, you know, coughing in public now is like a, is like a criminal offence. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. Get locked up. Get locked up here for coughing in public or, or certainly spitting. Yeah, that's true, though. It's funny, but it's true. Like it, overall, as a human race, it's completely leveled. Like just everything to the point where we're all just human. It doesn't fucking matter how much money you have or what you do or right. who you are. Often public space everybody equally doesn't want to be near you like and it's just about also like on a human level we're all going through this and we all have to adjust to it it's kind of just made it all of us as one community and and it's changed the way we're gonna have to live in the future do you think uh the mosh pit the days of the mosh pit are done and how are we gonna Uh, handle a general admission now you know, it'll people. Just take, you know, you it'll know take what? one person to push someone in the crowd at one show and come. You know what? They did an, They did. They did a um, a survey here in Australia, and you, I don't know how bad it was there, but here 
you got had news reports in the early days of people hoarding things, toilet paper. Uh, yeah, sure. And I've got to say, it was an interesting dilemma because I caught myself in my kitchen in the reflection from the glass door putting away extra cans of baked beans. And I looked at myself and I thought, are you turning into a hoarder? Because you've got six to eight cans of baked beans and I never eat anyway. And then I thought, oh, my God, is this just happening? And I don't even subconsciously and I don't even know it. So they did this art, they did this survey that 68% of the people that were hoarding were millennials, right? And I think that's hysterical. So if you look at the millennials and you look at the generation before them, what's the generation before millennials? The younger ones, what are they called now? Generation X. Gen X. Okay. Yeah. The Gen X and millennials are trying to, I mean, we had the problems here in Australia, Bondi Beach that most people in the world have heard of. Yeah. The whole world was shutting down and Bondi Beach was full. I mean, it it actually caused, it was actually quite an interesting weekend because we were actually going along okay and then we had Bondi Beach like a summer's day in January absolutely full and the government went ballistic and said are you kidding it was full of english backpackers and they reckon <laughs> they reckon that the whole of it there was two things that happened in australia without boring people the new south wales government let a ship in full of coronavirus people right they, they, they you know, these cruises are a disaster they fucking let in two thousand people into new south wales and half of them had coronavirus right wow. and there's a coronial inquiry now. It's heads are going to roll. But anyway, between that and the backpackers in Bondi, right, the English backpackers in Bondi, it spiked what was going on and they shut down the whole of New South Wales based on those on those two incidences. So, so it's been absolutely like a, a, a clusterfuck. So my point being that the millennials and the Generation Xs, I think when it comes time to concerts, I don't think they're going to give a fuck. Okay. I think they're going to... You're just going to jump in. I, I Look, I'm too old for it anyway, but I'll still <laughs> okay. go. I'll stand up the back in my space suit mask, maybe <laughs> in my later. But, but I don't think the generation, I think that they will forget it quicker. But I'll tell you something interesting. One of the guys that works for us is a millennial. And, look, I'm 52 now. I've seen things. I've had businesses go up, businesses go down. I've, I've, I've seen this. I've seen that. I've had guns pulled on me. Mate, whatever it is. I've seen it, and I and I can deal with it. I got children. I can deal with stuff, right? You go and raise a fourteen and a half year old fucking daughter and a and a drum and a, and a kid that's nearly eighteen that's been one of the best drummers in the world for ten years. See what it's like fucking living in life. It's, it can be a nightmare, right? <laughs> but so I, I've I've dealt with it. But the millennials haven't dealt with a lot of stuff in their life, and that's cool. But a couple of the guys that work for us, sort of millennials, are actually quite scared because they're stuck in their homes. They don't know what's next. And they, they've never experienced anything like this. And wow. I feel for which is where the hoarding came from because they're thinking, fuck, I might not be able to wipe my ass in three months. I better go out and get a whole of toilet paper. <laughs> it, it's, it's selfishness, though. It's not, they're not scared. It's, it's a generation that feels that they don't have the life experience, but they were given a burden from other generations financially and career-wise that they feel is unfair. And so they feel entitled to, like, well, you know, you've given us all this responsibility without jobs available to us. We came out into the workplace in an unfair time. We didn't make money. We had no chance to make money or save money. We have all this debt, all this burden from previous, you know, generations. And so they feel this, like, inferior, like, complex of, like, me, 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 me. It's all me. And there's no, like, awareness of, like, no, the whole, this has been going on since the beginning of government. 
Sure. It's slowly more and more has become, you know, the world in debt because of each generation, more and more technology has accrued. And in the time that the millennials were born, this technology took off to a huge place where we never had, we never had social media. We never had all this internet on our cell phones. And suddenly all this access has created so much more and so much more visual of what you're supposed to be and have and how you should be and how much money you should have. It's created a very, you know, condensed version of that. And so I think people live in this bitter, like, oh, you know, we were placed in this and this was put on us and it was compacted, but it's also not right, you know? Like, Yeah, but I also think that the reason a lot of people have been pushing back and you can look at what's going on in the States at the moment with the, with the marches and... and yeah and the demonstrations, I should say, and to a certain extent in Australia with people just flaunting. I mean, a guy was arrested here the other day because he just said, fuck it, I'm not staying home, and he was arrested three times and he's now in jail because they can't trust the fact he'll stay home. So there's still people that are going, I'm not going to be told what to do. Mm. I don't care about this. And so what they don't realise is if they're spreading it to somebody else, they're, they're affecting people's, obviously, livelihood. So I think at the end of the day, I think we will get through this, but it's going to make you think. So let's say it's 12 months' time and we're through this, right? We're releasing albums, people are back to work, restaurants are open, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we're sitting there and you've got two minutes to think and you're going to think, okay, how do I set my life up differently? So if this happens again, right, am I prepared? So I'll say to you, you know how you've got all these fanaticals um, around America, for example, that have all those bunkers. Sure. Right? Right? They're living, you know, they've got their underground bunker in case of a nuclear attack and they're full with stock and they do. They're the ones that have actually lived really well during this time because they've had somewhere to go to. They've had lots of food and toilet paper and water. Oh, this is what they've been waiting for. This is what they've been waiting for. Now they're so, not crazy. So they're, they're like, I told you. That's exactly right. They're the most sanest out of all of us. <laughs> but I'll put, it to you this, I'll put it to you this way. It does make me think, well, how do you set your life up better? So when things like, I'll give you an example. I'm a mad car guy, right, and motorbikes. I love cars and motorbikes. So throughout my whole life, that's the way I sort of, you know, I work 16 hours, seven days a week. I always have, no matter what business I have, and I that's how I reward myself. You know, once you have your home and whatever else you have, you want to reward. So it, it might be buying an old Camaro and doing it up or, or, you know, I love American muscle cars or buying an Indian motorcycle, whatever it is, right? Um and I'm starting to think now, is this all really necessary? Is that really? Because at the end of the day, you go and buy yourself a, a $30,000 Camaro and you, 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 or Camaro as you call it there, and you want to, or a Mustang or whatever, a Thunderbird, and you've got money in that car and you think, oh, that car's worth $100,000. Mate, I can tell you now, if I went to sell that car on the street today, I'd be lucky to get twenty grand for it. Hmm. So how do you look at your life differently? How do you... How do you? Nothing uh, wrong with what you're saying either. I mean, if that if that just truly just makes you happy, and it you know, I know you're saying from an investment standpoint. Yeah. And, it, how do you how do you live your life differently from this? Where you know, and this is what this is why the banks have turned around and said, well, you can only take out so much money at the moment, or you can do this because they're scared. Everyone's going to change the way they do things. Take their money out and keep it under their, keep it under their their uh, mattress. Yeah. So people are starting to to go back to that, uh, you know, world world war time mentality where you've got to protect yourself and protect everything. And I've got to say, winding it back onto the business, Brandon, um, 
I, I look at that, I'm looking at that exactly across the whole, we've got eight record labels. So I'm looking at it across the, um, uh, across all the labels at the moment, thinking, well, okay, what's most important where I, if I've got to spend a dollar on, on across the board, where can I put that at the moment that's going to make the most difference? So yes, wages are number one because I want to make sure my guys are all staying employed because it's great for the government to say, hey, we'll give you X number of dollars. But you know what? That's in like two months' time. You've got to keep them going. You can't wait for that. So uh, you've got to really think differently. So I think if you look after the, 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 the internal structure of the company, that means it's there for the artists. It's not going anywhere. And then you start to think, well, what artist needs what and how can we support them and how can we be more creative? Anywhere in why, the world. Yeah, that's why, but you're doing it in the right way. And that's what the world needs to do in a bigger sense. Like we have to not go, well, how do I protect myself or just me? Just think about yeah. me. Yes. You have to think about the world as a whole. How yeah. do we all help each other and work together to protect what we are as human beings? The way it, should, it always should have been, you know? Absolutely. Exactly. It shouldn't have come down to a part. pandemic. <laughs> yes, that's happened. right. And this sort of, this corrects a whole lot of things. And look, there's a lot of companies that have gone down bigger companies, but look, they're using this, they're using this um, to uh, get rid of the fat out of their own businesses. And the, the, the small guys are obviously in trouble, but the big guys are, are recorrecting everything. I mean, I read an article on Branson yesterday that, you know, a lot of these businesses are in trouble. And it's interesting to see someone with that kind of wealth. Um, he said that he doesn't have the spare cash to put into Virgin Australia, the airline that he has here, he's only got a small stake in it. He's gone into gone into administration this week. We've got two major airlines in Australia, Qantas and Virgin, and Virgin has gone down this week. Wow! But he doesn't he doesn't have the cash to prop it up. So it makes me think. Well, he either does or he doesn't. But it makes you think. Where's the top end of town? Uh, and I'm not talking about the gates and the, the the Amazons and all that stuff. But where's the the top end of town fit in all this? How are they getting through? How is it correcting how they're doing things? And then the little guys like us, how are we correcting things in our own lives going forward from an emotion, emotional, spiritual um, and business point of view? And I think this is the time to relook at everything. And, and you know, I'm 52 now, so hopefully I'll have another 40 years on this earth. 52 unless years. I, <laughs> okay, let's say, yeah. another, let's say another 50 years on this earth unless I die in a fiery, you know, Ferrari accident with, with Kristen driving. Um, that, that'll be cool. So I think it's time to relook at everything. So, you know, your initial question on why we were going to have a chat to you today is how things changed. I think it's ever, I think the answer to your question is it's ever evolving. I think I can answer the questions on what's happening this week only. Okay. And this week I can say to you, we're trying to get as much out digitally. We're trying to be as much as we, uh, as much, as many visual things as we can do on, on um, all our social channels and we're going to hold physical till whenever, later in the year at this point, when bands can tour. But you know what, Brandon, next week it might change again. Mm. They might announce Audio Slave can tour in September, which means everyone can tour in September. Uh, I don't know what Audio Slave is touring. Uh, not Audio Slave. Um, oh, yeah, um, Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. <laughs> I was like, audio Slave. Yeah, audio, God, I wish Audio Slave. But yeah, I was just reading on Alter Bridge. Yeah, audio Slave would be amazing. Yeah. But, you know, you know, Alter Bridge. Yeah, Alter That's Bridge not as bad as a mistake of me saying uh, Karen instead of Kristen, so it's okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One all. One all. You got to bring it around. So, I mean, both of you, uh, I appreciate both your insights. Very intelligent, um, thought-provoking responses and answers and 
uh, the way you're, you're handling everything, you seem to really understand uh, the grasp. And it's for me, again, it's interesting as a New Yorker who, you know, I'm in the middle of it all. I, I, I really am. I, I was in the middle of a shift at iHeart when my boss just calls me. He's like, go home now. I thought he fired me. But it was just because somebody who may have been exposed was at the the building, and it was just it was just like that. It just happened like that. So I've been home for, you know, over a month. But uh, that's here in New York. But other countries to see how you're handling, and obviously any death is horrible. But if we can, maybe we can learn a lot from uh, from Australia, and everyone stays home. I mean, it's there's a lot, there's, there's, uh, thousands of deaths, deaths between what around a hundred. I mean. How many families? How many families are that to be uh, that are affected? And you know what? Coming from me, I am an introvert, so I'm kind of relishing this time. I don't mind not going out all the time. Well, Brandon, I've been practicing self. I've been practicing practicing for self isolation for twenty years. So right. I haven't. I haven't got a massive problem with that. And you know, if you need to go somewhere, there's no one on the road, so it's it's not. Right, right. And I say that facetiously, of course. And I mean, we all want to get back. You know, there's a lot of people work, need to work, and obviously. We, we, we want to go to concerts and tours. So let me just, uh, you know, before we, we get out of here, shift gears to a more positive uh, topic. And this is actually a question uh, when I put it out there that Mark and you are going to be on this on the show. This is, I, got, I have a lot of listeners in Australia. So this is from uh, Nat from Melbourne. He wants to know if there are, are any up-and-coming bands uh, from Australia on the label. Yeah, there, there is. There's, there's some, there's some, um, we've got some really, really good bands at the moment. Um, and I would say, you know, as I said, we've got quite a few um, artists across the labels. But if you look at, you know, if you look at our roster, um, let's just talk globally. There's an incredible band we just signed called The Crooks yeah. from the UK, right? They've got that Britpop sound, that Oasis sort of um, Brian Jonestown massacre sound. Could be the next biggest band in the world. Fabulous. Hmm. Then you've got Pissa from New York, Frank Ferrier's from Guns N' Roses um, band. Right. Amazing. Their single, their new single is unbelievable. And then you go down to bands in Canada, the Bloodshots, the Jailbirds, King Bull, fabulous bands. Could be that any of those could could take off. Then I've got bands in Australia, the Mercy Kills, Cicada Stone, um, uh, the Kids. Kids, in fact, she features my son. Yeah. You mentioned that when you were on with Alex talking about the kids with yeah. your son. Well, that's how Golden Robot started because he – he had a band a few years ago. He made an album when he was 10 with a couple of rock and rollers in Australia that were in a band called Noiseworks in the 90s. Okay. And he made this incredible album called The Band Moon. When I went to shop it around, nobody was interested. And um, I started Golden Robot. That's how this started with one band for my son and 270-odd bands later. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, we'll talk, we should talk about that another time, how sure. it started. And all that. But, you know, to answer Nat's question, if that was what – there's the Crookeds in Melbourne and the Vendettas and, and um, uh, you know, a million bands, Zenith Moon. We, we, I'm trying to – there's not a lot of money in music in Australia, but I'm trying to support as many Aussie bands as possible. I'll tell you one we just signed, um, Gary Beers from In Excess. Okay. His new band called Ashen Moon. And so Gary is teamed up with another Aussie called Toby Rand who was on – remember that rock star Supernova? Sure. Yeah, he was he was on that, um, and uh, they put a band together called Ashen Moon. They all live in Los Angeles, mate. If this oh, isn't okay. the next in excess, um, or like a, a twenty twenty version, it is one of the most well produced albums 
ever I've ever heard. And Gary Beers is absolutely phenomenal in what he's doing. Awesome. And he spent a fortune on this album. Um, and I just think, you know, that's exciting. But you know what? There's so much up-and-coming stuff. Check out our Riot Records label. Okay. You've got you've got so many up-and-coming young punk bands on that and all from all over the world, and we just bought into an incredible label called Die Laughing Records in San Francisco, and they are one of the um, premier leading Cali punk labels with, yeah. you know, Fang and Wank. Um, we're looking to do a TSOL single, the Venomous Pinks, Screaming Bloody Marys, um, uh, um, East Bay, uh, East Bay Ray's on there from the Dead Kennedys. Sure, he's been on Mate. the show too. Yeah, yeah. So he's on there. So, you know, hopefully we can do a, a Kennedy's single or album. Mate, we've got some Johnny Thunder stuff coming up. Oh, so, geez. you know, it's interesting, you know, you mentioned that because I work with a lot of teams. So if you talk about the team from Die Laughing Records, um, you, you know, we're like the umbrella now. They're sort of part of our group. And, you know, I speak to those guys with Kristen and the rest of our team all the time. And it's about keeping those guys um, comf- in, in comfort and making sure they know that, you know, we're all together in this and let's keep releasing and let's keep signing and let's keep the, the wheels turning. So it's as important to keep our internal structures and staff happy as it is for our artists. But can I tell you something, Brandon, which makes the biggest difference out of all this? And I think this is where we're lucky and a lot of people will get this is, I personally and my team fucking love what we do. We love roll. I fucking love. I'm a music fan. I'm the biggest fucking Led Zeppelin fan you'll ever find. I I work as you can. I don't. You can see me still on the Zoomy. I work above me here is a fully signed Zeppelin couple of albums. Bonham, everything signed there. I work wow. under that every day. So you know, if you can just be a music fan and you're fortunate enough to be in this position where we can take new music to the world, um, I wake up every day feeling honoured. So, you know, people say to me, one day someone will come along and buy you out. And, mate, I've already had offers and I say no. Maybe one day I will when there's a few extra zeros on the end of that check. (laughs) But but I love what I do, man. There's no money in the world that can buy you out for something that you love doing. Sure. And what's getting me through, me personally, up and getting into this every day, no matter how negative things are around you, that's what gets me through. And I think that's important to know during these times that you've got to focus on something that gives you pleasure. I mean, it, it shows. Um, and Kristen, any any final thoughts uh, before we... That's part of why I like you know working for Mark. And I, I don't think I'd work for any other label. Honestly, I never thought of that as a job or career. Um, just because Mark looks at it from a different perspective and he treats everything like a very personal project and he cares about everyone on the team and everybody is a part of the team. You're not a number, you're not expendable. You're not there just to fill a void or a gap. And he's created something special and I'm glad to be a part of it. We do that wire transfer later. Thank you for the comments. <laughs> and I'm glad that you are a part of this episode. So thank you, uh, Kristen. And thank you for Mark for, thank for bringing her on. And, and obviously yeah. Mark, uh, you're, you're both welcome back on, you know, I'm glad that you are a repeat, uh, guest Mark and just, Keep us updated. I mean, Golden Robot is killing it. it. It's not just for, I mean, I like to think I have a wider audience than just my Guns N' Roses theme, but if you're going to even just use that small little window, you have a lot of Guns N' Roses artists on your label, and I that's just the tip of the iceberg. Guns, we've got more Guns N' Roses, well, I, I could be wrong, but if you've got Dizzy Reed, Frank Ferrer, 
Gilby Clark. That's three direct. Uh, there's one. There's two current Guns N' Roses members right there. Yeah. Uh, there's there's uh, Gilby Clark, who was part of the, the one of the greatest incarnations of Guns N' Roses. Um, you know, obviously LA Guns. There's a few different things that go on there that, sure. that link back. But I'm and working Skid on Row. something. Yeah. Yeah, Skid Row. Yeah, I'm working on something at the moment. <laughs> From Guns N' Roses. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. I'm working on something at the moment that I'd like to announce, and that'll be one of the greatest connections of Guns N' Roses eventually. Um, and I've been married a few times, and I said to Kristen, if she can pull this off, she can be my fifth wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't say what that is yet. She's chasing a member down for me. Okay. Yes. Oh, all right. I, I don't even want to say anything to potentially... No, there's another exclusive. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to leave it at that because I, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I, I feel like if hey, I put it out into the universe, my ideas, it's not going to happen. So, hey, Brandon, how lucky would Kristen be to be my fifth wife? <laughs> <laughs> what is that called when you have multiple wives? Uh, polygamy? Polygamy. Yeah. We can have whole. Yeah. Sister wives. I tell you what, I, I reckon that. Anyway, I'm not going to You'd be like that guy I'm from like, the Tiger King. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Too funny. man, thanks a lot for having us and Thank uh, you. we've talked a lot. I think it's just nice to have an opportunity to speak. Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, I wanted to pick both of your brains and I know we're all kind of, you know, obviously you both are working, I'm working, but we're all quarantined. Yeah. We're, we, this is about connecting. And it's yeah. as, to sum up what you were both were saying very well before is it shouldn't have come down to this to have the behaviors that we're learning to connect to, you know, not even just connect to practice social, uh, good hygiene, but to connect to people and to have, I don't know, a real feeling of mortality. Because the yeah. Mo- yeah. I like to consider myself uh, a cusper, not a generation, uh, not a uh, millennial. You're probably close to my age. How old are you? I'm 36. Yeah, we're on we're on the cusp. It's really like a weird. You know? Yeah, I, I heard that word that that term cusper, where I'm like it's like Gen X plus millennial. So I'd like to yeah. think that I'm not, you know, I've always felt mortality that I can die at any moment. But that could be the, also the Jewish thing, as Mark and I were <laughs> we were talking about before the conversation that I'm worrying the world is going to end. But regardless, we're all connecting. Obviously, we're, you know, you're on West Coast right now, or talking to somebody, you know, Mark, where it's already the next day for him. And uh, I'm yeah. glad we're all able to meet and, and converse today. And to better times, to better times, this will end, I'm sure. Well, thank Thanks, you. Thanks. Stimulating conversation. And I think the line dropped. That's okay. The conversation was over. I'm surprised she didn't hang up on me after I called her Karen. If you couldn't tell, I was genuinely embarrassed. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't know where I got Karen from. I don't know. Do I know any, any Karens? Maybe I'm watching too much of The Office. The U.S. version, because I know we have many international listeners. But uh, thanks again, Kristen and and Mark. That was a cool conversation because many of us are discussing that online. Now, we're all in this together, obviously, to keep using this cliche. We all want to get back to going to concerts. And there's so many layers to just that simple, you know, that question, that, that cloud of just how do we get back to anything that was normal, what we consider normal. So they seem to have a very positive outlook, and it was really cool to get the behind-the-scenes from a label. Uh, so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks, as always, whether you listen on iHeartRadio or Spreaker or SoundCloud. 
you found us through q1043.com or alternativenation.net, however you found us, just, just thanks a lot. So until the next episode, as always, I, I say, you know, please follow on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show or Twitter at the AFD show, Instagram, Appetite for Distortion, because that's the best way to keep up to date with the podcast in between the actual podcast. And uh, whether it be just cool pictures I like to share or, or trivia questions, uh, it's also how I, I announce guests and you can participate in them. Okay, so you can get involved by following on social media and again if you want to you know be on the next a fan obsession where i interview you and about your guns and roses fandom that's the best way of course to hit me up as well so until then when will you see and hear the next episode of the afd show well the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy i don't know if soon is the word but you'll see it security, I'm going home.